Hello everyone, Frank and Darren here again, continuing with Halloween, the franchise, talking about it, the best and worst of it, and this time we're talking about Halloween 6. The origin, the curse, theatrical, producer's cut, there's so many of them, Darren. We're going to dip into all of them. <laughs> really? <laughs> we'll double dip on this one, yeah, because we've got, yeah. It's a mess, got, it's a mess. It is a mess. I watched the producer's <laughs> cut, you've watched the theatrical cut, so let's talk about it. All right, Darren, who is the best character for you in Halloween 6? Well, the, the best character for me is, is to, again, like with Halloween 5, it's really <laughs> difficult to pick one. I'm going to have to say probably Tommy Doyle. He kind of, I guess he's front and center in this film. He's, it's it's Paul Rudd's first film, I believe. Correct, and yeah. um, for that reason, and because he's gone on to be who he is now, I'd have to say that he's probably the best character in it. I know that they, the, the, the filmmakers wanted Brian Andrews to come on board and there were issues with his um, not having an agent and, and complications there. But I think they probably made the right decision getting Paul Rudd into this. He's quite watchable in it. He's slightly wooden, but he's still he's quite watchable and he has quite a, you know, it's a central role in the film, isn't it? Protecting the baby. Mm-hmm. He's a... He's, uh... He plays off that traumatized adult from seeing Michael as a kid yeah. and becoming obsessed with him, mm-hmm. trying to find out more about him. Because Michael's Michael's been gone for about, what, six years, five years? Like, no one knows yeah. where he is. But it, when you look at it, when you look back now and you see the reasons why they didn't take on Daniel Harris, it's just kind of a bit ridiculous now. Do you know what I mean? She wanted $5,000. <laughs> And they said that was too much, um, which just which just <laughs> sounds ridiculous, doesn't it? Um, but she probably she smelled a rat, I think, as well, and just was probably glad that she didn't do it at the end of all this bloody shenanigans. It's it, it just again, as we said in the last episode, this is not my Halloween anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, all this kind of cult thorn and passing on this bloody tattoo, and it's just a load of cobblers, really, isn't it? <laughs> I like the way it's one of my one of my one of the moments that I was really laughing at as well this morning when I was watching it was I like the fact that all the key characters of the film are listening to Haddonfield FM or whatever it's called. <laughs> built uh, built in the same place where Bucky was thrown. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what a what are the chances, eh? That everybody was listening to the same radio show at the How same big is time. How to feel must have be as big as New York City or London <laughs> <No>. <laughs> to have its own radio station. For Christ's sakes, it does. You know, there's a nice Halloween atmosphere in this film. There is. Yes, I think yeah. it was. It's one of the one of the very few movies that was actually shot in the fall, wasn't it? And so you do get this kind of feel that it, it's Halloween, and they, they've kind of it, it, there's a real autumnal feel about it. Um, the shots at the start with the, with the, you know the, the streets and the leaves everywhere, and the kids running around, it do make it feel like a, a Halloween movie. Um, but you know, it slowly starts to kind of <laughs> go downhill not long after it uh, after it kicks off. I'm going to have to say my best character is is uh, Kira. Kara. Kara? Is it Kara? Kira? Whatever. Kira, Kara, 
Camilla. She she's the mother of Danny. You know, she's a Strode, and she's in that house. She's come back to a family after having probably her son out of wedlock. Well, we don't know, you know, the backstory to that. Um, but she, as we know, is being going to be offered up as a sacrifice to some point in the movie, uh, both in the producer's cut and the theatrical cut. And she just makes me feel like she's the a protector, protector mm-hmm. of a baby. She has no emotional attachment to protecting her son. And she just she just makes me feel good. That she's she's in this movie. I can't say Loomis because he's not really in it, except for in the producer's cut, he's in it for a, for a long time, you know, a while. Uh, but in the theatrical cut, he's in it for what fourteen minutes total. Yeah, he's he's oh, like I say, I'm I'm talking from the producer's cut perspective, and yeah, he's in it a, 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 a decent chunk throughout this. Again, he's kind of like he was in Halloween Five, where he's just like fucking popping out of the corner of the room and dropping out of the through the window and you know he's just appearing from out of nowhere <laughs> but it's kind of what i like about this this version of loomis is it's it's cozy loomis he's retired now he's kind of he's done the trench away with the trench retired. the trench coat's gone he's grown a full beard um he just sits in his house under candlelight listening to haddonfield fm in the country um, <laughs> In the country, he's done away with the suit, and he's now wearing a nice, uh, a nice sweater, um, and he's got a tweed coat. He's and, full uh, grandfather, uh, isn't he? Yeah, he is. He is. He's. <laughs> he seems a lot more. He's. He's clearly taking retirement seriously. As he's a lot more grounded, and uh, he's not as um, as maniacal as he's been in the last two movies. But uh, yeah, I there's cozy Loomis. I like this. We, we've had Cockney Loomis screaming and shouting all the time. Now we've got cozy Loomis. I like that. Yeah. Who is your worst character? Oh, it's easy. That's just so easy. And one of the reasons why he's my worst <laughs> character is he's just unwatchable, I think. And that's John Strode. It, okay. One, he looks like the American dream, Dusty Rhodes. Um, <laughs> what is it? What does everyone say? Poor man's John Goodman. Yeah, poor man's John Goodman. <laughs> yeah, he's he, he's just it's insolent, isn't he? In this film, he's a, a creep of a character. He's just yeah. annoying every frame that he's on screen. And um, you know, the producers cut doesn't show you the full extent of. The, the death scene of his he just kind of gets electrocuted <laughs> the lights dim in the house uh, and that's it whereas i think yeah. in the theatrical doesn't his like head explode all over well, the place yeah we'll get to that in a minute <laughs> <laughs> what about your worst character barry sims oh, okay the, the the dj wearing you know nothing except for his heart underwear flashing the audience <laughs> and uh, definitely supposed to be a shock jock and yeah, supposed to grab yeah. viewers that way talking about michael and then talking about where you know where has he been getting people to call in and get their theories we only see him once and you know, michael yeah. takes care of him good he's yeah, probably the yeah. only only person on screen i was like thank god he's dead <laughs> it's raining red what do you think about michael and the appearance of michael in this film George P. Wilbur again. Certainly a little bit more heftier. Yeah, um, the mask a, is not too bad. It's not bad. It's massive, though. 
Yeah, I know. And the hair is like dark brownish. Well, his you know? hair looks like a mullet. It's, 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 there's a few bits. It's Sonic I mean, the Hedgehog. It, yeah, I mean, there's a few moments in this and in H2O where the hair's just got a mind of its own. And there was one part when I thought it looked a bit like Patrick Swayze's hair in Roadhouse. This kind of mullet thing going on that's, yeah, like you say, Sonic. It's just bizarre. It, it's better than the five mask. Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. I don't know what was going on there. I don't know what was going on there. <laughs> you know, the like neck was tucked in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, as a gopher was the Halloween five mask. It, it's almost like they're, they're his his George George's body grew in proportion to the mask size. Mm. Yeah, he, he definitely eaten a few pies between um, Halloween four and this film, hadn't he? But uh, but I have to say, uh, I think Michael's at his most savage in this movie. Well, not so much in the in the producer's cut, but yeah, no. I know what you mean the in theatrical the theatrical cut. cut. Yeah. I mean, the death of Jamie, and I mean, the death of Jamie in the producer's cut is is prolonged and 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 mean as well. You know, I mean, it's she she doesn't die straight away, and then she's sent to hospital, and then she she gets shot in the head, which is just bizarre for a Halloween film. But um, the death in um, in in the theatrical cut is something else, isn't it? Yeah, he, he basically mincemeats her. <laughs> <laughs> he looks like you know that one part where she's you know trying to go out to him, you know, stuck on those in that uh, garden, the farm equipment, and. Mm. He puts his hand out too. You're like, oh my god, he's gonna like touch her. No, he just pushes her shoulder down and <laughs> pushes her further. She's still alive, and Michael's like, all right, well, all right, I'm gonna turn on the switch. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's that that was that was just like Jesus Christ. <laughs> well, this is when they're, they're really kind of getting away from what Halloween's all about, and you know, it's all now. As we said a few episodes ago, mm-hmm. people weren't going to these movies that this kind of time to see um to to root for the hero in the film they were they were going to root for the villain and to watch yep. you know to find out what new and inventive ways that that these guys were going to kill people um and yeah that that whatever that kind of farming machine is or whatever that she she she's she dies on it's just horrific isn't mm-hmm. it <laughs> mm-hmm. um your best line best line in the film um we get a nice little kind of Loomis monologue in this film. A little, you know, a kind of subdued, cozy monologue that he comes out with that's sort of, you know, he kind of raises his voice a little bit in it, but not to the extent of the filling station in flames. <laughs> not that level. Wow, drive. Get out now. It's the one where he's talking to... Um, I can't remember who he's talking Deborah to. Deborah Schroeder. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Sitting at the table with tea. Sitting at the table. This force, this thing that lived inside of him came from a source too violent. That particular line, I think it's great. It's, um, again, it, it, it's another one of his sort of best monologues across the uh, across the franchise and certainly better than anything that he's, he came out with in Halloween 5. Apart yeah. from that one line, evil, you know, Hell would not have him, or whatever he says. It's 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 not the worst performance from Loomis. Obviously, that's Halloween Five. Um, I would put this kind of after Halloween Four, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's that's my favorite line. What about yourself? I agree with you one hundred percent. 
And, you know, he's shouting at her, trying to explain to her how deadly he is and why he's going to come back here. You know, he says, this house is sacred to him. He has all his memories here. His rage, Mrs. Strode. I beg of you, don't let your family suffer the same fate that Laurie and her daughter suffered. You have any more honey for this tea? (laughs) It's just like, but when he's yelling at you, he's sitting there and he's just, his, all his rage. You're like, Jesus Christ. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, it's forced, like you said, it's, it's this source too violent too deadly (laughs) he's like thinking of the words as he goes along he's like what other words can I put in there relevant you know (laughs) but yeah it's that it's that scene where you know and it's funny because Myers has probably been sitting there in the house you know just waiting for him to like okay get along with her speech doctor so I can kill this lady (laughs) I guess he he shows up, you know, a few moments later in the house when Loomis leaves. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, that's the only, that's the best line throughout the whole movie. And I know, and and Paul Rudd saying lines, he's very monotone. He's very, you know, just flat. Not really an excitement. Not really Hmm. an excitement. Um, Okay, worst line. Worst line. I mean, it has to be that whole radio show, particularly with the woman calling in says that she wants to I just think he's misunderstood I just want to tame him and all this sort of stuff <laughs> he just needs to be loved um, what the what's going on there <laughs> and again like I said it was lucky that all the main characters were listening in on that <laughs> for it's, me it's shocking line shocking shocking moment for me you know it's it's gotta be anything that Wynn says after they find him, after Loomis finds out he's the man in black. Yeah. Anything Wynn says, Dr. Wynn. Yeah, Yeah, like, Sam, you gotta recognize the power. Oh, shut up, Wynn. Shut up. (laughs) Everything you say is just garbage. You know, Sam, Sam, you know, you have to, it's just everything he says just pissed me off after that time. You should join us. You guys have talent. (laughs) Shut up. Shut up, Wynn. I do have one other line which I thought was was really funny, and and obviously they were trying to keep the effects budget down. And it's the line that Loomis gives to Wynn at the start of the film when he visits him at home and asks him to come back um, to to Smith's Grove. Um, and he said, "Well, you look well. You look really well, Sam." And he goes, "I had plastic surgery, skin grafts. It cost a fortune. But at least I don't frighten people." <laughs> it's all gone. It's a miracle. His hands are fucking healed. His face. There's no sign of him being burnt alive. Could you? Could you? So when should have said, Sam, it wasn't the scars that were scaring people. <laughs> it was you. It, it was your gin breath that was scaring people. <laughs> people are running away from you into Meyer's hands for safety. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, Okay. Your best kill. Um, Again, because I'm watching the producer's cut, there are a lot more kind of, I guess, Mm -hmm. toned down to, which I kind of like, you know, I liked 
Um, I like the fact that Jamie didn't go the, the way she went in the in the theatrical cut. I like the fact that John Stroh didn't die like he did in the theatrical cut, even though he deserved to have his head detonated. Um, but I think the best kill is 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 Tim in the bathroom mirror um, after he's had the shower. Uh, the mirror's all steamed up, uh, and I think it's quite an eerie kill. The mirror's all steamed up, and you just see Michael appear behind him as he sort of slashes his throat. Um, nothing too graphic, but but kind of atmospheric and eerie with the with the steam in the bathroom and everything. I thought, yeah, I thought that was kind of my favorite my favorite kill. For me, it's the um, it's it's in the theatrical cut. The railroad railroad workers' neck being snapped. And then you see his bone from his spine coming out through the neck. <laughs> but he's like, he, he looks like one of the, you know, one of the, uh, he looks like Chris Christopherson, the guy. Yeah. yeah. He's like, ah, what? <laughs> ah, get out of my truck. You know, and then and she's telling him, no, he's right there. He's right there. No, 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 no. It's, uh, she screams and then. Yeah. It's yeah. perfect. Perfect. Now you don't really see that in um, in the producer's cut. No, do you? you see no. his neck get twisted, but you don't see any of the kind of the gore effect that comes with it. Yeah, um, absolutely. That's 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 my best kill. Your worst kill. There's there's a few. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I've you had to wet your palate for that. You're. Like, I did. Well, <laughs> there's. there's <laughs> There's a couple. So remember, I'm watching the producers cut again. Yeah. Um, I guess one of them is is the is the nurse that gets killed at the start of the film, um, because there's like conveniently the sharpest spike in the world sticking out of the wall in that place that he just kind of pushes her head onto, um, and kind of leaves her sort of impaled by the back of the head. Um, I don't, it's like, what the friggin' hell was that spike doing sticking out of the wall like that? Wouldn't somebody have had that removed? Um, <laughs> this is a hospital. Six inch. Yeah, it's, it's in a hospital, for crying out loud. It's almost like the, um, uh, the the scene in A Quiet Place when she's stepping down the stairs. Oh, the and that, nail. There's that yeah, yeah, yeah. big nail in the, in the floor. It's like, why was that nail there in the first place? You know, I know it got kind of dragged up, but... Why was it there in the first place? Why has somebody hammered a nail through that plank of wood? Um, it's about as, again, it's about as convenient as this giant spike on the wall in the hospital for no reason at all. Um, so Just yeah, for so, pure effect, that's it. Yeah. So that nurse kill at the start is, um, is is one of my worst kills. I think my oh, <laughs> she's an odd little character, Deborah Strode. She's a funny little woman. Um, librarian it, yeah that sort of thing isn't she lonely and, uh, yeah, yeah why she married that why did that why did john strode marry her for why the she, strode realty <laughs> empire yeah probably. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah she's the, the bit where she kind of gets gets murdered uh, and she's sort of scrambling around on the floor and between all the sort of laundry on the on the on the washing lines um and her glasses fall off and which she becomes instantly totally blind at that point which sort of reminds me of she kind of reminded me of Velma in Scooby Doo oh. whenever <laughs> whenever Velma's Jeez. glasses 
whenever Velma's glasses came off, she was just like, what the fuck is, where am I? Where am I? I wear glasses and my eyesight's not great, but if I take my glasses off, I can still see things. You can still run away if you have to. Exactly, yeah. I'm not instantly, it's not like a blackout, which is the way she was acting, like really. Oh, my God. So, yeah, so I think Deborah Strode, who's immediately a really kind of irritating character anyway, a funny <laughs> little woman, um, I think her kill is just pathetically staged. It just, it's just nonsense to me. <laughs> you know what would have been a worse kill for her or a better kill? Keep her locked in the house for, with her husband. <laughs> he would have done it before long. <laughs> or, she, or she would have done it to herself. Yeah, exactly. Go on, then your worst kill. Oh, John's head exploding. That is my worst kill because... That's what happens when you get electrocuted, you see? Things just blow up. We have never had a head explosion in the franchise ever except for John Strode. (laughs) Why is it in here? Sartain, maybe. You could say Sartain's head exploded after Michael stepped With a stepped on it. Michael stepped on it. But we never had fucking thunder from Big Trouble Little China, you know. <laughs> we never had that explosion. It's just ridiculous. Yeah. It's, it doesn't belong in there. It doesn't belong in a Halloween movie. It doesn't belong. It's, it's, it's almost like he went out into outer space and gravity made his head explode. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's like the end of Live and Let Die when... I can't remember the guy's name. Is it Kananga or whatever the villain's called? <laughs> He's played by, um, oh, what's his name? Uh, Yafet Koto. And he puts that fucking little bullet, that bomb in his mouth, and he rises yeah, up he- to the ceiling and explodes. <laughs> <laughs> or the uh, or in, uh, we're talking about Bond for a minute, folks. Uh, License to Kill. Where the guy yeah, in the chamber. In the chamber. And he in the chamber, does the yeah. pressure. And he's- yeah, yeah. He no, this, wiggles this was his a, fingers. Yeah. This is stupid. Dumb kill. A dumb kill. Sl- but it, sl- and it was in slow motion, the uh, <laughs> explosion. Because when you, when head explodes, you have to do it in slow motion. Oh, of course, yeah. And but it I mean, looks it's like bit... fireworks come out. Or glitter. <laughs> glitter. <laughs> it's all shiny and sparkly. Like, like Kingsman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Look at Fetty. <laughs> You you have to you know it's it's the law that head explosions have to make it pretty like scanners yeah make it pretty like scanners and like we were talking about the other day there's a video on our channel about a head explosion that's in um, West Craven's Deadly Friend where Anne Ramsey's head gets obliterated with a basketball and her head pretty much explodes <laughs> um, it's a similar sort of thing they've shot it at the slower frame rate and so um, it's it, or a high speed frame rate and slowed it down. Um, but it, yeah, it looks it, it looks fucking rubbish, doesn't it? Like you say, it's like about it. it's so ridiculous. Glitter cannon going off. Yeah, but it, it sounds like balloons exploding too. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and Michael didn't get any blood on him. No brain matter. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine if he just went. Oh, I shouldn't have done that. It was stupid of me. <laughs> oh well, I'll just wash myself with that bloody underwear from Deborah. I put it in the washing machine. (laughs) Oh, my God. All right. Now, finally, the best moment, because we're going to get to, at the end of this, I want to talk to you about how this movie could have been better, but Mm. your best moment. 
There's, there's, there is one moment for me which is almost like a callback to the, the original Halloween. And I think it's done really well. It's shot really nicely. It's a little bit too bright, I think. but um, it's And it's where Danny and Cara are frantically sort of knocking on the door at Mrs. Blankenship's house um, as Michael is chasing them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it feels like a real callback to when Laurie Strode was kind of running across the road and banging on the door at the, the next door neighbor's house. Um, so, yeah, so that's my, I mean, it's not much of a best moment. There aren't many best moments in this film. Mm-hmm. I know people, a lot of people like it for whatever reasons, and that's great. Do you know what I mean? I totally respect the fact that some people will will see this movie as quite a, a decent entry in the franchise. For me, it isn't because, you know, I... But it's better than five. It is better than five. It is better than five. And it's better than Resurrection. But I remember seeing, first seeing the Halloween films not long after they came out, the original not long after it came out. And so that's my Halloween. That's what I was brought up with. Uh, And so, you know, whereas Halloween 4 is your kind of one of your favorite entries in in the franchise because it's what you saw first. Mm -hmm. And I think people who saw this first will will kind of gravitate towards it because, you know, they have an attraction to it. But yeah, the, the... Danny and, and Cara frantically knocking at that door as, as Michael's slowly chasing them across the road um, it is probably one of the best moments in the film, I think. Because he's walking not slowly. He's actually kind of like a real... He's fast walking. Mm. And and the angle's good as well over his shoulder, so you can just yep. see the kind of the corner of the mask, and, you know, it, it looks good. It looks good. So my best moment is in the theatrical cut and that's when Michael goes crazy on the operating room staff. And he just, and this is where Wynn is in there. They're performing some kind of surgery, doing something. And Michael just, he has all the freedom he wants to go walking through the hospital, you know, because they think he's probably a leashed pet. You know, he's theirs. He can command, they can command them whatever they want to do. Uh, but he walks past the operating room and he's just like, you know what? These fuckers really piss me off. And he picks up this big fucking machete. It's just like, how did, who, who the hell operates with that fucking thing? <laughs> um, and you see him go to town. Everyone's dying. Everyone's getting cut up. Blood's flying all over the place. And you see when backing up slowly, trying to get out. And, my, and it just goes to prove that Michael cannot be bound he can't be tied um which which gets to me to a point in the the uh in the producer's cut they chained michael up in the jail at the end of part five we've seen this he's chained yeah yeah. but yet in the producer's cut we get to see the flashback Mm -hmm. of two people carrying him out with his hands locked in handcuffs thrown into a van like some kind of person from taken yeah weird that's just weird it is the whole thing, the whole thing, it doesn't matter which which version you, you watch of this film, they're, they're both not very competent. And, no, no. You know, I mean, I was just thinking then about we're not, we don't really, we're not really talking about worst moments in the film because they're kind of covered by worst kill, worst line and worst character. But if, if, if I had a worst moment in this film, the shot in the um, producer's cut, I'm not sure whether it's in the theatrical. I'd have to watch it again. It's a little while since I've seen it. But it's that shot with Wynn, um, uh, Cara on the tied to the table. Yeah, it's only uh, in the producers. Yeah, and and Michael stood 
kind of guarding at the side. And it's like, what has happened to this franchise? Yeah. What has happened to this franchise? What is all these kind of rituals that are going on? And, you know, Michael stood guard and it it was just ridiculous. The only thing that scene was missing is Michael following a butterfly. You know, just going. (laughs) (laughs) With some chopsticks. Yeah, just... (laughs) He's just looking off somewhere, and, and yeah, that scene was just it was was is just weird as hell. Mrs. Blankenship is part of the cult. Yeah, like, it's uh, just, it's just, uh, and the whole who wants an orgy with her because all cults are <laughs> nothing but orgies. Uh, they got Wynn and, and Blankenship, and the, the only one that looks good there is a secretary, and uh, <laughs> and there's some random guy just over there. Just uh, in, in a, my one problem too is that. Ever since HD came out, when everyone says this, uh, the Blu-rays and, and everything's 1080p and higher, or even 720. Yeah. When Danny was walking with that pumpkin, and at the end of the street, he sees the van and the man in black. And the man in black is looking like he was wearing an old executioner's outfit. Hood. Yeah. 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 And he's got a yeah. black sock on his face. <laughs> And a hat that's too small for his head. It's just mental. I mean, they, they were just picking up the threads from Halloween 5 and trying to make some sense out of it. You, we all know nobody knew who the man in black was. No. You know, I, it, we'd never clue, and neither did the people that made the film. So they were just trying to decode all uh, Halloween 5. <laughs> yeah. They were just trying to make some sense of it all, and it, it just went off on a tangent and... You know, and I was watching it today, and I, I I hadn't watched the producer's cut since the 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 shout I think it was Shout Factory or Scream Factory box set came out about mm-hmm. six or seven years ago, and I was excited to see it then, and and you know, and then when I did finally see it, I was a bit sort of well, whatever, and and I watched it again today for the first time since then, and I'd totally forgotten about that whole scene at the end with the stones on the on the on the hospital floor and Michael yeah. and them stopping Michael as he walked up to them. <laughs> It's like, just fucking kick them out of the way for crying out loud. What are you doing? Move to the side. Yeah, step but, over them. There's a circle. <laughs> oh, how about if I go yeah. this way? Samite. <laughs> yeah, and that whole thing at the end with the with the tattoo and it and, and when it transfers over to Loomis. And then <laughs> he's screaming. Yeah, no wonder, you know, and, and, and Loomis is screaming, like, more so than he was screaming in at the end of Halloween 4. It, mm-hmm. it was just nuts. It really is. It, uh, I, you know, and, and they, they just didn't know how to end the film. And you just get that kind of, that shot of that pumpkin, and it just fades out. It it's just doesn't make any sense at all. It's, and Michael's I, filled with green juice. Yeah. I mean... That. It's like reanimator. Yeah, and now I, I don't know where all that comes from either. Or what is? Geez. I mean, you know, we we joked the other day that perhaps he's one of the androids from the Silver Shamrock Factory because they were vomiting green juice all over the place, weren't they? At one stage, <laughs> all that tan um, and orange, juice, yeah, yeah. <laughs> frozen orange juice or whatever it was. But yeah, this film's just nonsense. It just doesn't appeal to me, and I only watch it. Do you know what? There are there are a few films that now and again. I watch to give them another chance. And, you know, there are films like Alien 3, for example, that, mm-hmm. that every so often I dust it off and go, 
Is it really not not very good? Let me just double check, and then I'll come out of it going, yeah, oh, shit. Why did I do that? <laughs> yeah, Waste exactly. Of my time. <laughs> At least you can have fun with Halloween 5. Yeah. With this, it just takes it a different place altogether and, and just, just almost sinks the whole franchise. Um, they they did well... They did well to come back with H2O, which we're going to talk about in our next episode. I think that the music in the producer's cut, they tried to put the original score yes. from the yeah. first one in the producer's cut. Yeah. Somehow, for me, it doesn't work. Mm. It doesn't work for me sometimes uh, at some moments. Um, the the one, the soundtrack from the theatrical cut kind of is a little better, being a little bit more modern. A little like bit. You rock version of the halloween thing a little the bit a little machine. bit it's it's it, it was changing with the times and yeah. uh i think the movie would have been better if they took the beginning of the producer's cut kept it up to the part where loomis and uh tommy get drugged and they're yeah. going to the hospital but mm-hmm. then that part of the theatrical cut it takes over from the theatrical cut at mm. that point. So the ending yep. is there. Yeah. yeah. Um, but that 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 one scene with that girl's coming out, you know, how's it feel to be damned, brother? It was like, what the, <laughs> who the fuck are you? <laughs> but uh, yeah, the whole stones, you know, and she's being sacrificed and she looks like something out of Midsommar. Uh, got yeah. flowers in her hair, and uh, like you said, it's Michael's just Halloween standing film. there watching the spider make a web or something. <laughs> <laughs> it's 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 a movie that had promise. It mm-hmm. had promise, but then like like we were talking about before when we did our intro, they didn't. It was Halloween six six six. It was the curse. It was the origin. You know, I think it know. wasn't a title going to be Halloween the Return or something like that. Yes, was. I don't know. It, would, it, it was, wouldn't have made... At this point, you're turd polishing. That's what you're doing. You know, it wouldn't have made a jot of difference what it was called because it's still shit. not very good. It's still yeah. shit. When this movie came out, I had high hopes for it because I was I heard that Quentin Tarantino might be involved in it. And I was like, great. He was going to be originally. I, I heard an interview with him not too long ago where he said that the Weinsteins... Um, asked him to be uh, asked him to direct it to write and direct it and he actually um, proposed at that time that Jamie Lee Curtis come back and one of his I think one of his because um, he's a big fan of the series the he is yeah 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 I think the fact that she didn't want to come back at this stage was one of the reasons why he just kind of said you know thanks but no thanks but yeah yeah there's an interview as part of the um eli roth did um uh, some hor- a horror show in in the u.s with covering all the different subgenres. Yep. i can't i can't history remember what of it was horror yeah. history of horror that's it if you if you listen to the podcast of that a lot of the interviews that are on there are kind of fleshed out there there's a lot more to them and it, the part where he's interviewed there's, there's a whole episode where he's interviewed interviewing quentin tarantino and he talks um, a little bit about his involvement, or almost involvement, in in the, Hall- in the Halloween franchise uh, with the Weinstein's. But yeah, it's interesting. You should check it out. Yeah. Um, so I guess that's the end of Halloween Six. We can't. We're, we're going to get next on board, of course, with H two O, where it looks like it's coming back. It's yeah. We're getting back to its roots. Mm. 
Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll talk about that more next time. But folks, thank you so much for all the the, the people that have subscribed recently. Our numbers are growing by the hour, which is great to see, and and we're getting some great views on these shows that we're doing. Thanks to everybody who's who's liked and subscribed to this to the to this series. The button's down there. The ding the thing. If you want to see more of these, we're gonna we're gonna do we're gonna carry on, and I think we're even gonna do the Rob Zombie ones now. We we weren't gonna do them to begin with, but we're we're talking about doing them um, because I think there's probably there's some fun to be had with those films. Just wait there? to get part two. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's it, it, the, the whole thing wouldn't feel complete without doing the the Rob Zombie ones, and I think we've we got should, a bit. We should ask Dave to come back on Halloween two. <laughs> Rob Zombies, we know how much he yeah. loves that one. Yeah, yeah. Maybe we'll do that. Maybe we'll do that. Um, but yeah, that's it. Anything to add, Frank? Nope. I'm very happy we're continuing. We're halfway there. At this point, we're halfway there. We are. We are. To the end. And all leading up in, uh, to Halloween Kills, which uh, everyone's going to go see, including uh, you, Darren, of course. Mm-hmm. And um, I can't wait to talk about that. And, yeah, it's uh, going to be great. Yeah, we're going to keep pumping these suckers out as long as you guys want to watch them. Uh, but as always, stick to the roads. And the best of luck. Happy Halloween.